So Tom Parry. Matthew Boyle. It's been two weeks since we've Chris we've talked about these What things. were you gonna say? Christmas. I was I was gonna actually just go in just jump into what I was gonna say. Have you thought about the Christmas song? You know, that running bit that we were gonna do on the intros. Have you thought about anything well, for that? Well, I, I can't remember that we were gonna do that. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah, that's that's how much that stuck that idea stuck with me. <laughs> okay, maybe Sorry. let's just drop that then. It's Tom and Matt Attack. I apologise about it. No, I haven't thought about that. Were we going to do a Christmas song? We were going to think about a Christmas song, Tom Parry, that was going to unite the nations, um, um, bring everyone together for the holidays, but no, oh, I, I guess. Know. That sounds like Christmas too is much dead. Effort. Christmas sounds is like dead. Okay, it's fine. Too we'll much effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I haven't thought about it either. But it would have been fun if you did, Tom. I would, I would have expected you to commit to the bit. No, there's been lots no, neither going of us on. Has. Lots going on. Uh, sorry, man. That's um, how it is. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Been a bit under the weather. Now I hear you're also not feeling so great. So Yeah, I, I didn't realise that hmm? you could transmit a cold via a microphone, but yeah. here we are. Yeah, so we just, I've just been getting on best I can. Uh, busy. It, it's, that, it's that weird time of year where things start to happen. Christmas uh, meal for work's coming up. Uh, yeah, yeah, things are, things are going on. I mean, it's Christmas time, Tom. There's Christmas no need to time. be afraid. Things... <laughs> not afraid. <laughs> Banish uh... light, let in shade is the next line, I think. Um, yeah, it's no, Christmas I mean, it's the same year. There's no need to be afraid. We I'm let in light, sing. we banish shade. And this... yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I thought it was. I'm not going to sing on this episode because I can already, like, hear my voice and how nasally it is, and I imagine it will affect my perfect I, d- I don't think it's too bad. I think you'll be all right. Um, okay, we'll keep going. It's yeah. all good. Apologies in advance to listeners, though. We're just like, oh, Matt's so full of cold. Anyway, um, yeah, yes, it's busy this end as well, as you can hear, a little bit under the weather, but that has meant that I've kind of been encouraged by my myself to say, hey, I'm just going to sit in and read some manga and watch some films. I'm going to play some video games, and that is what we're here to talk about, Tom. Uh, about in, in, that, in that list, what comes top? Well, to be fair, it has been, at the moment, reading manga, generally. Mm. Now, what um, manga are you reading, Matthew? I've been now. I've been going through a lot of stuff. Um, I was lucky enough a couple of weeks ago to pick up pretty much the complete collection of Gunsmith Cats, which is a manga that I haven't read for absolutely ages. It was actually the first manga I got because we, we've talked about this before, like you and I personally, and I'm pretty sure you have Evangelion as like single issue comics too. No, no. So when I started buying manga, no, I never, no, I never bought them as single issue comics, but yeah. They were you they did. were sold as, you know, like you buy an American copy, yeah. a comic like yeah, a Spider Man yeah. or whatever. They would they would come in that format. They would literally be one chapter of a manga, and all of the artwork would be flipped. Mm. And so that is how I was exposed to a lot of stuff. Um, that's how I originally read most of Dragon Ball at two pound a pop for like one chapter. Um, I read. Mr. V and Misty's Run, which are the last two bits of Gunsmith Cats, because obviously these things came out once a month, and then if you they weren't there, they weren't there, so mm. you just had to read what was on the shelves. 
And I read a bit of Neon Genesis Evangelion and something else around that time that is apparently escapes me, but those are the main ones. So yeah, I remember might... scenes to advertised in Silent the Comic. Gundam Wing. Gundam Wing was the other one right. I started reading like that, now I think about it. Wow. Yeah. But that was that was very expensive, obviously. Like I earned I think like twelve quid on my paper round. And yeah. You would either you would go to you would go to console action, which is still there in Swansea Market, or you would go to the comic shop, which is still there in Swansea either. And so it would be I would check in the market to see if there were any new Super Nintendo games or any Game Boy games I wanted. And then if there wasn't, I would go and buy manga. Mm. And were these colorized or were they just... They were not. They were literally just... Sometimes they would have new covers and stuff. Like some of the Gunsmith Cats artwork is done, I think, even by different artists. But they would just just have different covers and whatever. But they were black and white. They were just flipped. Because at the time, the prevailing logic, I think especially from Dark Horse, um, Mm. who did Gunsmith Cats was that everyone wanted to read manga flipped in the format that they understood. Yeah, yeah. I, I have very few flipped stuff, but all the No Need for Tentry mangas are flipped. I know yeah. that. Uh, I didn't get them at the time. My first manga was uh, Dragon Ball, but uh, first volume of that, but it was a slightly bigger format than uh, they ended up doing later. The more yeah. traditional-sized uh, manga. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Viz did, yeah, Viz did, like, collected graphic novels in that style that were, like, bigger, not, like, the traditional Japanese It's only slightly bigger format. than the traditional, yeah, I'd say, Japanese manga size. Uh, yeah. It's like the Tenchi ones, they're also a bit bigger. Yeah, well, the weird thing with manga is it does come in different sizes. Like, right. there are, depending on the... Yeah, depending on what it is. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it tends to honestly be determined, I think, by age rating... Is that I think a lot of the Shonen Jump style manga or like manga aimed at kids tends to be the traditional like yeah. Tokuban format. Which is what I read mostly. Yeah, the smaller <laughs> like almost A5 yeah. looking format. And then they do a slightly bigger one, which is I think for... Ah, that's stuff. like JoJo's big. Yeah, I mean, the volume yeah, of yeah. JoJo I've got. I mean, if that was, was that the original format? Do you think for it? I'm or? not sure. I think so with JoJo because like stuff that tends they tend to do like the more adult stuff, like things like Tokyo Ghoul come in bigger formats, and then obviously yeah. the things that are strictly aimed at adults are also that size as Fist well. Fist of the North Stars also. I think that's yeah, exactly. Bigger. Anything that isn't particularly kid friendly, and obviously that what that line is is kind of a bit blurry. Although then again, like, what I've got of uh, Death Note is is a more standard. Uh, yeah, it's because yeah. it's Shonen Jump. Is it Death Note? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I don't, I don't, not sure if it was published there in Japan. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure it was published in Shonen Jump in Japan. Okay, but well, a it's lot not. The stuff I mean, the subject matter is pretty. Uh, well, it's more te- older teen, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I mean, like that's the thing is that Shonen Jump kind of stems that. I mean, like all the things like Jujutsu Kaisen and stuff are there now too. Mm. I think jo- to be fair, I think Jojo, Jojo is originally it, Shonen Jump. Yeah, 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 but it's like on the books, it says like advanced. Yeah. Yeah, they have like it's an old. Very violent. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I haven't. I'm not up to date with JoJo by any means, but yeah, it it feels different. I mean, it's not like um, oh, there's a different term for manga, like things like Berserk and stuff. Ooh. 
I want to say CNN is what it's called. Um, which is like young man manga, where yeah, you know yeah, there yeah. will be like the occasional the occasional boob and blood and guts and gore and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, it's funny to th- you say that. Like Dragon Ball also has its moments of uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, being a bit risky. I mean, Dragon Ball, yes, with, with, with the nudity, but Dragon Ball Z, people's heads exploding, and uh, I, I mean, one bit with the uh, future Trunks, he goes back to destroy the androids, and mm. there's somebody's. Uh, no, it's not even that. No, it's not. It's it's Babadi is 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 killed some some uh, villagers, and it's like their torsos ripped apart. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just lying there. I mean, it's not a very detailed image. Yeah. But it's like it's gut, the, the guts hanging out and the, it's, it's been torn in two. People's heads explode. Uh, Bobby makes someone's head explode. Yeah. Um, but like anyway. the, the, level, the level of gruesomeness in like a berserk, for example, was like that. Yeah. Happen, okay. Yeah. All the time. Uh, but there'd be like eyes popping out of heads and like. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. it's a very rare occurrence in Dragon Ball, but it's still. Sometimes you yeah. look at it and think, hey, you've edited out um, Mr. Satan's name and changed it to Hercule, but you, you've kept all this uh, extreme violence. Yeah, it, yeah, it's always weird, though, isn't it? Like, with stuff like that. Anyway, we're, we're, we're a video game podcast. We are um, a video game podcast. Yeah, so I have, I have been reading a lot of manga. I've yeah. just been trying to... Honestly, I got around for the first time since I've... I I reshelved a lot of stuff, and this should probably tell you where my brain is at at the moment. I actually put away a lot of my PS2 stuff mm-hmm. because um, I bought it? a cabinet. I bought a cabinet. Yeah, exactly. I bought a cabinet from IKEA um, to put the manga in, which was great because it stores a lot of manga. But the issue was then when I was buying new volumes, say of a My Hero Academia or a Jujutsu Kaisen. I was having to like pull all the manga out to go, right, cool, I'm going to put this volume in this bit of the shelf, then I'm going to put everything back in, or go, oh shit, actually I've run out of space now in this, so I was like, right, okay. I very rarely play these PlayStation 2 games. They're all alphabetized, I know what order everything is in, and let's be honest, I think I'm at the point where I don't really need to buy any more PS2 games. So I put them into the cabinet and put the manga on the shelves instead. Which you know, is props says a lot, and perhaps also says maybe I should start selling some of those PS2 games. But do you think you'll regret it? I don't know. That's the thing. It's just like as I know, cool you as... say some of them. There's definitely some you probably will never play again. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some that I own that are very pricey games now that I have just never played. Like I have some survival horrors, like Michigan Report from Hell. Mm. I have never played it. I'm very well, curious why, about we it. We should totally. I mean, if we were in the same place, I think that would yeah. have been a Tom Matt attempt, wouldn't it? It would have back in the day. Remember that, we, anyone? I do. Yeah, <laughs> probably just us, mate. That's how it goes. Uh, it's a uh, blast process YouTube channel. Does uh, it's a yeah. Tom and Matt playlist? Uh, if it's you want to see there. our the Project videos, Minerva one is yeah. still ridiculously watched, yeah, and yeah. it annoys just... me, but it's fine. Of all the videos, Tom, that I've ever created, that is the one with the most views. Really? Oh, yeah. So it goes. <clears throat> anyway, I have been playing some video games. Yes. Um, do you want to start with the the perhaps... Actually, let's start with the perhaps more interesting one, because I think it's closer linked to the animes. Oh. On last week's episode, I talked about purchasing a game in the Nintendo Switch uh, sales for Black Friday and whatever... 
called AI uh, oh, yes. the Somnium Files, which was by yeah, Spike Chunsoft. Yeah. yeah. And What's that I'd, all about? I had heard that it was good. Um, like I said, Spike Chunsoft, people who've like, released and published some very good games, like 999, Virtue's Last Reward, visual novel-y type things that I'm like, okay, this could be interesting. I When I see their name on stuff, I'm looking to buying what they put out. I think it was like a fiver or something really ridiculously cheap in the sale. It was like 80% off. So I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a go for that price. What it was it a Black is, Friday deal, was it? It was like a Black Friday deal or some kind of sale on the Nintendo Switch store a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Because I was going to ask you uh, later if you, you spent anything on games and, and these, these deals. I mean, but... I bought this, I think, well, I guess it would have been ahead of Black Friday, right? Because yeah. Black Friday was last week when we did a podcast. Right, yeah, so, right, wasn't it? So it wasn't a was... Black Friday deal, no. No, there was some kind of sale leading up to that, I think, and that was part of it. It might have been something to do with TGS or something. I'm not sure. I, I just I just saw on Twitter someone say, hey, this game's like eight quid or a fiver or whatever it was. And I was mm-hmm. like, right, cool, I'm going to grab that. Um, and what's it, it called is again? Tell me what it's called again, sorry. AI, the <laughs> Somnium Files, uh, which is not the, not the a best memorable title. AI, name to AI stick in your head. Files. What it is, is essentially, it is a visual novel slash adventure puzzle game um you play as a detective called date um in some like futuristic version of tokyo surprise surprise mm-hmm. um who has an ai partner in his eye like his eye has been replaced and he's got an ai partner and so what i've been doing in the first like 20 30 minutes of that game is other than reading a lot of dialogue i investigated a crime scene um interacted with the characters there it's got full voice acting but it was generally, from a fixed camera perspective, you were able to pan left and right in this crime mm-hmm. scene and look at the things that had happened there. Someone had unfortunately suffered a grisly murder. Um, and so I had to investigate that murder. I talked to my boss. There was, like, forensics people on the scene. And then you were, like, examining the corpse and examining the crime scene in general Lovely. and, like, looking around it. And then I had a really weird moment where the game went dialed the animeness up to nine hundred thousand million and um i was suddenly in date's dream playing as the ai in his eye in a really like surreal dreamscape and trying to break mental locks in kind of a classic point and click way of me going around a room and experimenting and interacting with objects yeah um and that was really trippy is yeah. the dialogue written in Comic Sans? It could well be, because some of the jokes feel like they're written in Comic <laughs> some Sans. Some of it does look that way. Um, yeah, it's be- the interesting thing with it is, it seems like quite an interesting premise. Like The character design seems kind of cool. Um, and like I said, I'm there for more stuff that Spike Chunsoft puts out. But the dialogue is very hammy so far. Like I've mm. played about 20, 30 minutes of it, as I say. And some of the jokes have just been really dumb. Like, they were talking about putting a key in a lock and opening a door, and he's just like, oh, be careful, just the tip, or something like that. And I'm just like, fuck off. <laughs> like, Oh, Matt Boyle doesn't like lowbrow humour. No, it just seems so heavy-handed. It's out of it's place like... in, in, in this game, would you say? Yeah. I mean, the... Admittedly, that's like the third one of that that caliber of joke I've gotten so far, and yes, I do expect it to a certain level with anime games, but it just it just seems so heavy-handed and so clunky, and just like 
so unnecessary a delivery that I've just been it takes like, oh, you out of sake. it a bit, I suppose. If the tone yeah, is like we've we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like I have no problems with games being horny if that's what they want to do. But it just it feels tonally really off from the rest of the game. Right, yeah, yeah. That, that's that. where the problem is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What was so that like, one we, we played where, where, where you were flying the spaceship and you were like, uh, what was that one called? On the Switch. Uh, they had these dialogue things. Was oh, sexy? Um, uh, what you call it? Space Pilot Menu. Yes, yeah, something like that, right? It's Nirvana Space yeah. Pilot Yumi or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that had a certain tone to it. It sort of it fit. I mean, that was right. kind of the the thing it was, was doing, was though, it, wasn't yeah, it? It yeah. was trying to be that kind of weird, like, oh, look at these beautiful women. They fly and they have problems. Like, that was that game's <laughs> shtick. They fly and they have problems. Yeah, that that was that whole thing. But, like, the this game, just, it feels a bit weird tonally. And I'm okay. curious to play it because, like I said, the mechanics so far and, like, these dreamscapes and, like, the, the yeah. adventure game elements Visually, of it. Visually, it looks great, yeah. I've been quite cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, if it carries on like this, I don't think I will. And I mean, play it's it. going to carry on, isn't it? I mean, it's, I imagine it's a longer experience than. I assume so. I believe it or not, I've not checked how long to beat. But these games tend to generally be about the seven to eight hours mark. Okay. Well, yeah, I did in my head it was going to be something like thirty, so that's much better. I I hope <coughs> not, because I I don't think it's. At least from the offset, from what I've seen, I don't think it's got 30 hours in it. Right. I good. just think it's a cool premise. I mean, it, <laughs> to be fair, good. right, it might do a Phoenix right. It might just be like, hey, this is the first murder. This is the characters you're interacting with. This guy's a dick. Next chapter, you're focused on something else. The writing's slightly different. The tone is slightly different. But I'm not sure it will. Fair enough. Okay. So, so it's check. not a recommendation as such, then? Um, it's a bit too early to say. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, it's twenty three hours long. It definitely isn't. I don't think going to hold my attention for twenty three hours. But I'll play and a bit it cost more. you very little money. Did, did it cost me very little money? Um, so I looking at I these physical copies, they're like thirty odd quid in the UK. Yeah, well, it wasn't a physical copy. It was a, no, a digital, no. a digital. But then, version. when the difference is so huge between the digital and the physical, you know, it's hard. I'm in fact hard to justify getting the physical version. I mean, yeah, it definitely was like mm. I. Um, oh, it doesn't it doesn't say what it was. It just says it was eighty percent off on. Yeah, the so store. You, you just really have to watch out, don't you? Because um, sometimes it is much better to buy the digital, even if you mm-hmm. know you, you want to have a physical copy of it. You do have to wait, make that decision, especially uh, based on you know your income <laughs> there, because games aren't cheap. Games aren't cheap, obviously, but it's it's also just a matter of... I don't know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, and I mean, mm. me putting games and stuff away probably says a lot about where I am right now in my life, but mm. well, it also, yeah. it, it's I'm also just you. like, I don't... For a game like this that potentially like I wasn't going to really be into, yes, I might have bought it had I seen it cheap back in the day when we used to go to like GameStop here in Denmark, and there would be games for, you know, like £5, just like reduced to clear. Maybe I would have picked this up physically. But for what it is, 
I wouldn't have gone out of my way. Apparently, this game launched at £53. Um, I don't think it's that currently on the eShop. Unfortunately, I don't have a Switch around me to check and try and figure it out. But it wasn't very expensive. And like games like this, I'm totally up for buying digitally. It's yeah. actually, weirdly, like I know a lot of companies like Limited Run and I'm 8-Bit and everyone are doing these smaller titles. But the games that I've played this year, like Inscription and Tunic, I would much rather own something like that in a nice collector's edition well, with some extra mm. stuff. Depends how I good really the game is game. and how much yeah, you exactly. like the game. I, I felt um, that I had to own a physical copy of Biomutant, even though I already had it digitally, because yeah. I like the idea of having it and always being able to play it, I guess, you know, because yeah. it's always a bit debatable whether or not your digital games are going to stick around. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to consider it. Uh, hopefully, yes. But uh, we all know um, how Nintendo uh, <laughs> have, uh, you know, functioned in the past. So, I mean, I was actually, the this morning while I was clearing out space to install this, um, I bought a game that I talked about on the podcast years and years ago. Um, it was a game called Save Me, Mr. Taco, which was a little, like, octopus game, and it felt very reminiscent of Game mm. Boy games. The original publisher for that game um, either delisted it or just took it off the Switch store entirely. So the version I have of that game now, even though you can buy a definitive edition that's published by a different publisher, I couldn't re-download that game if I deleted it from my Switch. And I'm just like, ah, shit. It's something to consider, isn't it, for sure? Yeah, it takes up space, but it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't delete it, or maybe I should. Like... I've I've still got a P a PS4 with PT on. And PT will never be deleted off that console because it'll it'll never be available again. So yeah, so yeah. it goes. Well, here's a point, Matt. One day Fortnite won't exist. No, I mean, let's be honest, Tom. All of the goop that was in Fortnite just yesterday doesn't exist anymore. That game has changed. It is a game as a service. That's a great game. You know, you'd think. Perhaps there could be a purely offline, physical version of Fortnite that you could maybe play. How could you? Because the whole game's built around like hundreds of hundred people playing. Well, isn't it? we've talked about this before, right? Like there is, there are games that I have played that I have loved that I've spent many hours with. Hmm. They just don't exist anymore. Like Star Wars Galaxies. I know lots of people yeah. have love of things like the Matrix Online, <clears throat> and that's just yeah, it's just gone. You do have to wonder how long they can keep Fortnite fresh until really they have to retire it. I don't know. Or will they ever retire it? Or what? What's it? Or as long as it's popular, I guess it will stick around. We might see maybe the upgrades to Fortnite and the changes not being as exciting as maybe you know some of the earlier uh, upgrades well, were. I, I think I they do know. a very good job of keeping Fortnite fresh, is what I would yeah, say. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, they, they probably hold a lot back, don't they? they I'm, I'm sure there's a plan. I mean, I see there's motorbikes in this latest update. I saw there's Geralt in this latest update. Yeah, and the Doom guy, apparently. Yeah. <coughs> in terms of gameplay mechanics and stuff, you know, there must be several things they sort of hold back and, uh, you know, they, they, they must plan quite meticulously. Well, I mean, looking at the early days of Fortnite through the eyes of, you know, someone who wasn't really playing it and every now and again I would dip in to see what was going on with it, it does seem like their production process allows them to very quickly make changes to that game. Like, I remember when 
Apex came out. One second. They, yeah, it's okay. they were able to. They were able to react really quickly to like the release of Apex and say, "Hey, look, we've got respawn things in our multiplayer mode too. We can do this. We can do that." Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure they have a massive content roadmap. I'm sure they have milestones that they're going towards and going right right cool this season the focus is going to be this next season is going to be this because we think it builds on it but some of the stuff they do in terms of just like going hey we got a new shotgun check out this new shotgun what do you think of this new shotgun it feels a bit more organic than that you are probably right they've probably planned it for months and gone like right cool we're gonna we're gonna need to make adjustments to shotguns over the next chapter because people think that shotguns are unfair Let's Do you just... think shotguns are unfair? Or is that just no, a I th- I, random? No, no, I'm just example. making a random okay, thing. Then. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just using the example of them saying, like, okay, we've probably heard something from the community, we're going to address it. I, d- I do feel like that, though. Sometimes when someone's right up in your face with a shotgun, I mean, it's the nature of the uh, weapon, oh, I, but it's like, you don't I stand a chance. I love the shotgun in Fortnite. <laughs> I think it's such a good weapon. I Nine nine times out of ten, if I get a a, a, battle, a, a victory royale, it's, it's with a shotgun. Like, mm-hmm. I... I love the shotgun in that game. Yeah, the many versions of the shotgun. The many versions of the shotgun. I will. I, I will. like the lever action or lever action uh, shotgun. I'll, I'll have a good auto shot. Just run in there and just blast people. I, I like doing the Terminator reload. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, for, yeah, yeah. Fortnite. Uh, speaking of Fortnite, there was a big event uh, the other night uh, as uh, time of recording. Where the would you say is it the chapter came to an end or how do they is it a season and then the chapter is it the chapter and the season I don't know how they they have seasons within chapters right so chapters are the overarching yeah thing and then the seasons are within each chapter right yes so what was happening was I think if you look at like the backlog of Fortnite at a certain point I think that they got the first chapter quote unquote is like the first fourteen seasons of the game. And right. I think they realised at some point, if they were looking at that long tail of like 14 chapters, that it would get to a ridiculous number very fast. And I think they were very smart to say, okay, what we should do is we should cap this and say this is like chapter one of the Fortnite story. Let's move on to chapter two because then it gives people a chance to come in and do things and like get into the game in a way that they're not going to feel so left behind. And I mean, I'm sure at some point as with Yakuza or as with any long-running game series, when you get to a certain number, even with the chapters, they'll probably be like, okay, cool. This is a reset of this now mm-hmm. to allow new players mm-hmm. to come in and do whatever. Yeah. I must say, though, I'm not really following the story of Fortnite very closely. No, me neither. I uh, I mean... It exists you... and it creates a context for what's going on, but how invest- I'm not invested in it. No, I'm not either. I mean, there are there clearly are people who really care oh, about Fortnite lore. Yeah, I've seen this. I've joined the Fortnite Twitter recently, uh, just trying to keep abreast of things. Uh, yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, are you that cool. into Fortnite? You're following them on Twitter now. Well, I, well, last night I did because I have never experienced an event before, and yeah. after it was unclear if the event to me had ended or not. Uh, yeah. We entered downtime where there was a a screen where you were sitting watching the world kind of rebuild itself uh, very slowly. And I wondered, well, is it going to come back? Are we going to get to play it soon? But yeah. no, this was downtime, apparently, and I hadn't uh, understood that concept 
going into the, the, the event, that that would happen without any sort of um, notice, you know. Well, I mean, the the notice is the week of them telling you the end of the chapter is up. And yeah, I mean, but, if... you know, you, when you do the event, you, it starts with a video, and then you do the event, and there's another video, and then you got this downtime screen. And I was under the impression that the downtime, downtime screen would eventually um, change and you'd get to do something else. But it was quite apparent after so long that the event was over. Yeah. And there's no option to quit out the game. Well, you just have to quit the game. You can't yeah. jump back to a menu or anything because I guess at that point there is no game. No, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. essentially them resetting the servers to put new yeah. map elements or yeah. new whatever in. Like, the servers do have a... I think it's Tuesday, or that might be Final Fantasy XI. I can't remember because I played them both at the same time. There is a time of the week where you can't play Fortnite for a couple of hours where they're resetting the servers and making changes to the maps and bringing the new guns in and all this kind of stuff. But that is just the back of the season. That's them saying, like, okay, cool, you've completed yeah. this chapter. Of I imagine that there was a few hours last night uh, where the event finished just after 10 or something where you couldn't play Fortnite. And now, even if you want to try and play Fortnite... There's a lot of people also trying to do the yeah. same thing. It's I tried to play. I could, yeah, I can't get on. I'm I couldn't get on, get on today, either. That's so. why I ended up playing um, AI, the Somnium Files. Yeah. You yes. understand why I had to write that name down, literally yes. on a piece of paper. A- AI, the Sodium it. Files. There's, yes, the Sodium Files. That's Somium apparently is the dream world, so Somium. that's why. So I imagine those dreamlike elements are a lot Fantastic. in it. Yeah, no, I tried to play it as well. That's why I've, I've stared very meticulously at that screen and gone, oh, Geralt's in this, the Doom guy. Interesting. Yeah, but the event itself, I expected something big, having never done an event before, and it was it was different. It was okay. It just felt like I don't know. It didn't it didn't feel as epic as I had expected it to feel. I think it, it felt to me watching videos of it because I I had all honestly I had planned to to play Fortnite yesterday. I had planned to take part in the event because I was home. And because it was on Eastern Standard Time, it was 10 p.m. Danish time and 9 p.m. I guess UK time. And so I was oh, like, "Right, cool. I'm going to watch this." Admittedly, that's a bit late, but I'm I'm sure I can watch it. And so I started, you know, just going like, "Oh, should I play some Fortnite?" I was like, "Well, it's at the end of the chapter. There's no real point. I'm I'm not going to unlock anything. I didn't buy the battle pass this time around, even though there were some characters I thought looked really cool." So I was like, "Ah, oh, don't worry about it. I'm just going to browse the store quickly. I'll watch." Um, an episode of Gilio del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, which is very good. I've seen um, the first episode. I watched. I watched the second one yesterday. It's very interesting. Um, and I, I then clicked onto the store and saw that there was a skin of Harry Kane, the England captain. And I was like, ah, yes. oh, Fortnite's yes. a silly place. He's away. more. He's more expensive than your average character. He is more expensive he's than Goku Tom. More than um, Robocop, which I did I know. get because I. Had some spare people. I, I, I was thinking about Robocop. I was looking okay. at him and going, well, we're at the end of the season. I'm sure there'll be some cool stuff for Robocop. I wish weekend. Robocop had uh, some unique... He has one unique emote, I think. Which, I don't even know if it's a unique emote, but a unique one maybe where he spun his gun around and put it on his holster would be cool, but he doesn't have any of that. Is there like a spray that says, I'd buy that for a dollar with him? No. No, no. There's the... Is it the Ed 209 uh, leg you can strap to his back? Okay. I don't know. It, it, it's it's cool. The skin itself looks great. But, uh, yeah, it's lacking the personality. Personality. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Robocop, that great comedic voice. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, he is pretty funny. He is pretty in funny. His, to in, be in fair. a deadpan kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, yeah. So you're playing this event. I looked at the video a bit. Um. I ended up watching Escape from New York, which we can talk about in a little bit if you want. But I, <laughs> I completely missed the event as a result of getting so suckered into the events of Snake Plissken that I completely missed it. So I watched the video this morning because I wasn't sure. Though I did have some inkling in the back of my mind that you would do it and I would need oh, yeah. to be able to understand what went on. Yeah. It looked like to me um, like a polished version of, say, the Dragon Ball content that we did. That you oh, were yeah, in... do little tasks. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a lot more polished than what, what was uh, created for Dragon Ball. Yeah, sure. Well, well, then it was always changing. As uh, you were instructed to collect these orbs, um, some were littered around this map, which was ever changing. I have some theories, maybe to what will be introduced now in in this season, based on what I experienced in that um, map. Now I could be totally wrong, but uh, the idea was the world had been destroyed, fragments of the world were getting brought back together created lots of sort of floating uh, rock formations with familiar icons from yeah. uh, the world. Actually, it's saying that. They weren't so familiar icons of the world. They were sort of new ones. There was a farm. There was like a... The yeah. farm's been there before. Okay. Well, th- there were things. So I didn't recognise all of them. Bear head. Yeah, yeah. Well, that came about in in, in the downtime screen. The uh, the rave cave uh, teddy bear head floated by, mm-hmm. which was the most amazing thing. Where if you've been staring for that screen, not doing anything for a while. <laughs> uh, but the actual event itself introduced a lot of jumping, and now the chickens would let you float for longer because okay. they flap. So usually, if you pick up a chicken, you jump. It doesn't sort of uh, keep you in the air any longer. But okay. now they were letting the, the, the wings were flapping the chickens and you could get bigger jumps. So perhaps that's going to be introduced, maybe. Maybe there'll be more jumping in this um, season. How did the I... jumping feel? Because my previous experience of like the, the platforming, mm. shall we say, for lack of a better term in Fortnite, has been pretty shit. <laughs> yeah, not a good thing to build uh, a new gameplay concept around if it doesn't feel very good to do. But I felt in this it was okay. You know, I, I, yeah. I misjudged a few jumps. Uh, and that could be me, or it could be down to the jumping not feeling quite right. Yeah. But um, I wonder. I thought that would be quite a unique angle to take with a new season to introduce a few more areas on the map. Maybe put some areas in the sky. Perhaps yeah. I don't know. It would be cool. I've enjoyed in the previous um, events, like the Star Wars event and in the Dragon Ball event. I've enjoyed flying around in the air and like being able to kill people from above and whatever. I think that would add a new dimension to it. it mm-hmm. It's kind of there in the build modes, to be honest with you. You kind of always mm. need to look up as well as around you because if there's someone in a bloody tower, you're going to get sniped. Yeah, yeah that's generally that. the rule. You don't really play build, so yeah. Um I guess there was a lot of that in those obstacle courses where you could earn so much XP that, that yeah. were user-created uh, experiences. Yeah, you could also change into objects in this um, event. So you, you um, once you collected so many of these orbs, you talked to a character on the map, and then they gave you the ability to transform into something. Now, there are a few things you could transform into. I think the first was a beach ball, and then it was a, um, a stack of tyres. Yeah. And each um, new thing would give you, a, obviously, a new way to sort of move around but also you'd need to find certain buttons which um um were were representative of what you were so you found a beach ball button 
land on it with a beach ball, you get another orb, you know, and so on. So there's little, little tasks like this scattered around uh, a map where you have to do quite a lot of jumping. Were you were you doing that collaboratively? Was everyone turning into a beach ball, or were like certain well, people turning into certain things? Well, yeah, there was quite a few on the map, and one of the um, objectives you had was to knock another person off the map uh, as a beach ball. So uh, it was encouraged to interact with the other players who were also beach balls and and have do a little job like this. However, I went in with um, Claire and my friend Gareth. And uh, we could not communicate during the event. So for some reason, I don't know if it was a, a glitch or something, but we weren't able to talk as you would in a normal party situation. Well, that's weird. And so, so that you couldn't really collaborate in a way that I would have liked to have been able to during that event. You very much felt that you were on your own. Um, so so it, wasn't, it didn't feel like a very social experience. You couldn't shoot. You had no um, weapon. Yeah. You had no pickaxe. You, well, you could pick up snowballs. You could make snowballs and throw them. And that was, um, there were the, the um, what they call the wanted boards. Uh, yeah, so, like so, bounty so, boards. <clears throat> that's right, the bounty boards. Yeah, so uh, there was one where you had to use snowballs to hit another pl- specific oh, player okay. on, on the you know, relatively small map. But the map would get bigger as more and more sort of... Uh, structures would be pulled into it and then it ended yeah <laughs> it's it sounds like kind of a cross between like i said the the dragon ball ze style like event where you're running around trying to solve little missions mm-hmm. um the the polish of the previous events that i've done with like the ariana grande ones where you're doing like concerts and stuff it i don't know i don't find a lot of that stuff fun. I, no, it wasn't fun. I mean, we had far much more fun. I say it wasn't fun. It was fun to a point. But it's not like the fun you have playing, um, you know, the, the regular game. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing, though, isn't it? This is why I asked the about Jumping specifically, mm. because the, the mechanics of that game are very honed around the, the main title and shooting things and, like... Yeah. All of that motion, all of the how you shoot and the way the guns feels and everything else is is such so intrinsically based around that Battle Royale style now, which is really weird to think, right, when you think that this game originally wasn't that. Mm. This game is originally going to be a building game where you make things. And, like, I know people who love the build mode as well, and so I would argue that that stuff is there as well. Like, that stuff is as good as it needs to be. But, like, for a more traditional, like, weighty, like, third-person exploration game and doing tasks and all this kind of stuff, all of that f- stuff feels so slapdash in mm. comparison to how tight everything else is that I don't really enjoy doing those experiences. No, other than... no, no. This is it, yeah. It was interesting to be involved with it, and I think the build-up, as you're sitting there for half an hour in this sort of lobby watching uh, a TV screen countdown, yeah. and you could, uh, you always went in as a group of four, so I was in a party of three, so someone else had joined as well. Uh, so you're just sort of sitting around uh, doing emotes and waiting yeah. for it to start, and it's the anticipation of not knowing what's going to come, which was the most yeah. exciting part. But when the actual event did come around, it was like... Yeah, that was that was the weird thing for me. Like, I was a bit I enjoyed about the Ariana Grande concert. I've talked about it on the podcast of just like running around and seeing Harley Quinn and Rick Sanchez, <laughs> like just all these people in all these different skins, like clearly mm. into different things, who all liked this one. Just thing. like being in the lobby waiting yeah. for a game to start, right? Really. Yeah, exactly. Like that is 
that is the most ready player one of any like quote-unquote metaverse experience that i've ever had is that like weird mashup of people clearly celebrating and showing the things that they love and they associate with um and waiting for something else to start i thought i i genuinely think that is kind of cool though rather cynically much in the same way that people really need batman socks to say hey i love batman (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people also feel that they need a skin in Fortnite to say, hey, this is who I am. But as, mm, like I've said mm. to you time and time again, I can I can mourn about that as much as I want to. But as soon as they put Luffy in that game, I'm buying that skin day well, one. Had, so. had, you want to play with cool characters, which you um, enjoy. I mean, yeah. when the Goku skin come up, you know, that's a cool, I don't know. I get more enjoyment out of it. Well, playing as a character that I really sort of uh, yeah. appeals to me. Then again, the core gameplay is so good, you don't need it. Yeah, but, but I mean... Uh, it, it's an extra layer of um, icing on the top of the cake, isn't it? Really? But it's just marketing, isn't it? Because, like, I said to you, like, as soon as the, the Goku event, the Dragon Ball event came in, I was like, have you downloaded Fortnite like, yet? And you were like, yeah, I'm playing it. I was like, there we go. That's this how they got you. the power you. of these uh, sort of brands that you... you, you, you so so love and it uh, yeah i don't know i i've been like oh should i get a dragon ball advent calendar you know things like that yeah, <laughs> yeah you yeah. get you get a calendar for your regular uh year calendar for your wall i've got a beatles one up here because i like the beatles you know yeah um that's it that's the nature of uh, it is fandom the... isn't it capitalism baby um yeah that's how it goes speaking of capitalism tom hmm. um i i played a game yesterday um, to prepare me for the capitalist society of the future, the one we currently live in. Um, I've never played this kind of game before, like, earnestly, other than at perhaps a Gamescom or just, like, to be a bit snarky about it. But obviously, we are, we are post-snark on this podcast on Parry. We're not snarky, we're just sincere. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> I played uh, Brewmaster, the beer-making simulator, last night for about an hour. I'm eating a Twix, by the way. You are. Um, don't eat it into the microphone while I explain to you the riveting world of Beer Master. Um, so this is a game that had a surprisingly large <laughs> team on it for what it is. Um, Brewmaster Beer Making Simulator. I will just refer to it as Beer Making Simulator for now on because it feels a bit pretentious to say Brewmaster at the front of it. Um, mm-hmm. Is a game where you are literally making beer you are in a kind of like the idealized man cave home to make beer in um and you have a brewer's magazine and it's like oh there's competitions and things and you should make these beers and do these things right and then you can enter your beers in competitions or you can enter your beers to like fulfill business needs and sell them and grow your beer making business Mm -hmm. um and as someone with a passion for beer, someone who has thought about making beer for a long time and has all the equipment, I was like, well, maybe if I play this, maybe I will kind of understand the process and what it takes and everything else a bit more. But I, I played it on the PlayStation 5. There is a PlayStation 4 version available also. I think it's on PC and Xbox. But as I had kind of suspected going in and hoped they would optimize it a bit better for console... It feels like a PC game that they've ported mm. a console, you know, like it really feels like this game would be a lot easier it if I were pointing and clicking. Wasn't made than... for a console. No, it, it like it, lemmings. 
It def it definitely isn't made for a console. <clears throat> um, but it, it it's okay. Like it didn't hold my interest longer than an hour. It was a very chilled experience. Like you you got a magazine, you got a recipe, and like the recipe was like, right, cool. You need to fill a pan with twenty one uh, liters of water. You need to boil the pan to one hundred uh, degrees centigrade. While you're doing that, you need to cooking add these ingredients style. and certain things. No, not that yeah. fun. Because no. oh. you're, you're literally like, you're literally like, right, cool. The simulator type. Yeah, it, it is mm. definitely, it is 100%. It's not the most hardcore simulator I've seen or tried to play. Like, I've played, like, farm simulator and stuff. And where you get into, like, okay, you need to make sure the moistness of these crops is at a certain percentage, otherwise your whole thing is going to fail. Like, at one point, I there's a watch in the game because a lot of, beer brewing in general is a lot of waiting around because you need the beer to ferment you need it to boil and all this this doesn't make for a good video game waiting around Matthew. no you can but fortunately tom you have a watch and a calendar so you can look at your watch and then like go okay cool time to 200 Mm -hmm. but that makes it a bit tricky because you're literally waiting for a tap to fill up a a giant pot and then you're going okay this is running at the speed of a regular tap so you're waiting for 21 litres to come in. And admittedly, unlike in real life, you do have a little meter that's filling up and telling you how full the pot is. Yeah. Um, but then you're like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to flick time forward so it's faster. And then it fills up too fast. And you're like, oh, shit, I can't turn off the tap. Oh, no, now I've got to pour some out. And it it felt a bit fiddly at first. I kind of got the hang of it. I kind of made some beers in the end that I was all right and happy with. But, like, some of the stuff I did was ridiculous on the first beer. Like, um, I I accidentally, because it was like, oh, use the calendar to skip ahead to when the, the beer is cold enough. Um, and so I did. So I skipped ahead to, like, the next day, thinking, like, oh, well, if it's telling me to use the calendar, I might just have to skip a day and let it cool down. Yeah. yeah. I did. I came back. All of my beer had, like, boiled over because it had still been on this heater. Um, and they was just like, oh, your beer's, you, there's not enough water in your beer to meet the supply demand. And I was like, it literally says there's zero, zero litres in here. <laughs> and so I, f- I filled the thing up on the tap, which you can't do. You hundred, uh, like, I, while I've not brewed beers, I've read enough books, you hundred, hundred percent just can't go like, oh, well, there's no beer in this. I'm just going to fill up the tap. So you do that. And then it was like, well, you should throw in some more malt because the sugar will help kickstart the enzymes and all this. And so, like, essentially what I did was I made sugar water and it was just like, oh, yeah, this is a pretty, this is like a good beer. And I'm like, I fucked this up. I would like to go back and redo this tutorial, but within the realms of it, because it was so like, this is your next objective. This is your next objective. It didn't really let me do that. Right. Okay. But all in all, like, as a tutorial of, like, okay, cool, I I understand now the beer-making process a little bit better. For that, it it's definitely it's definitely a viable way to go, like, okay, cool, I, I've picked up the stuff that I've seen in YouTube videos of people doing this or I've read in books of people doing this. And I kind of get it a bit more now. Yeah, so it's good and, enough to sort of teach you about how to brew beer. Yeah, exactly. And it's not got any of the the stuff that you actually need to worry about in real life because, like, with beer making, you, you kind of have to sanitise the shit out of every surface. Like, you need to make sure there is absolutely no bacteria anywhere near anything you're using in terms of ingredients yeah. and everything else. Because if, you, if, you, if there is, like, the beer will spoil. 
And there is a there is a little gauge on this that's just like, oh, your beer is slightly spoiled, which affects the taste and the score and stuff you get at the end. You, you probably couldn't brew your own beer by just having played this game. You'd need to do a little bit more research by the sounds of it. I think so, but to be... Because, like, some stuff it kind of takes for granted, like I said. It's just like, oh, well, your hops are in a bag, and it's like, you don't have to... Like, there's some specific stuff where they've just made it as easy as possible to go, like, right, cool, this is the kind of brewing we're going to do. We're not going to explain it to you. We're just going to say to you, like, hey, usually when you brew, you put hops in a bag. And that's not not always the case. That's, like, an easier method of doing it. And as I said, like, the sanitation stuff isn't covered at all because I can imagine it just being way, way too fiddly. Yeah, to turn something into a game, you've got to, yeah, change things slightly. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, right? Like it, 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 it there's a ve- there's a very fine line, obviously, between like simulation and fun. And I think from the educational perspective, like if you just kind of want to know the steps that go into making a beer, this kind of does a decent job of showing you that. There's even surprisingly, right? Like despite all of this, like no sanitation and all this other stuff, there's a surprisingly robust beer label creator. Wow. That as as a graphic designer by trade, I dicked around with for way much longer than I should have. Now, could you, you do that effectively on a console? Did you feel that would have been, again, more uh, suited to the PC? I definitely think it would have been more suited to the PC because... Can you import images in on the PC, perhaps? Maybe. No. I don't know. I, I didn't check that out. But like on the console, you did have a large variety of control. Like You could change the shape of the label. You could change the, shape of the, like you could change the placement on the bottle. Um, you could add borders, you could add graphics, you could add tones, you yeah. could add gradients, you could... It was could really you... robust. Like, there yeah. were different font options, and, okay, like, you cool. could scale it up and place them in different places on the bottle and tilt them and do other yeah, stuff Yeah, it, it sounds like when you're adding uh, decals onto a car in a... Yes, uh, 100%. It is yeah. that. And, like, levels of distress. So, like, if you wanted to, you could make sure, like, to give it a handmade feel that some of your font was, like... Some of the labels font wasn't there and oh, stuff like that and looked slightly distressed. And, and, and... could you decide how you wanted to, uh, what receptacle you wanted to put your beer, your beer in a can or a bottle? Or... There are different, uh, at the start where I am, because I am a, a novice, as you level up, yes, there are definitely more options like that. Okay. Um, you you start with a traditional like brown Belgian beer bottle, but yeah. then you can you can have cans, you can okay. have other things. Um, yeah, different and size cans, different yeah, size bottles. But, but it's kind of the one cool thing about it, right? Is essentially beer is three things in all reality. It is water. It is a malt of some kind, so like barley or whatever you use, and then hops. Those are like mm-hmm. the three things. Yes, you can have syrups and sugars and honey and loads of other things. You can make beers out of fruit, you can make beers out of whatever, because it's just fermentation. The cool thing about this game is they do show you different kinds of hops and different kinds of malts, and they explain mm. to you like what that stuff does. And so I think if you played enough of this game, you could probably learn yeah. or like have a good understanding of like how to play around with these things which is kind of cool i just don't think the game's gonna keep you enthralled that long enough to actually do that it does have a story but it's very weak where did you play this again on the ps5 
on a PS5. Okay, so this is a you can download this for PS5 or you can down, you, is it a PS4 game? It's also a PS4 game. Like there's a oh, PS5 version of it. Yeah, there's both of them. And obviously, when you buy one, and you do you know both. if it's available on any other platforms at all? Definitely on apart Steam. from PC. <laughs> um, Brewmaster Beer Making Simulator. Weirdly, right. The way I found out about this game and the way the way I knew that this game existed, the publisher is called um, Fireshine Games um, and the developer is called Oroch Digital. I just wanted to check. Weirdly, look, looking at their page, they've made a lot of games um, and none of them have been simulators up until this one. Hmm. Um yeah, they've all been like sci-fi rocket launch. Oh well, yeah, I guess they're kind of simulators because they're all about like rocket launching Physics and whatever. And yeah, so. but it looks like they're working on a Warhammer forty k game called. But oh, they're working on a Warhammer simulator. Right, that's wow, intriguing concept. Yeah, um, yeah. So they're working on a a thing where you build and paint miniatures. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so yeah, they are a simulation company, I guess. Yeah, um, that though sounds like why would you want to do that? Be, right, and that is the thing. Digitally, that is the but that is the thing, right? Is that yes? Why would you want to do that digitally? Because obviously, at the end of Brewmaster, you can't taste your beers. You get like no, no. Oh, it you does don't have a things. physical thing in your Warhammer game, though, do you? You don't no. have uh, the thing you painted. Yeah. But the thing is, Tom. You also don't have to pay for the experience of brewing beers. You no, don't have no, to spend. The experience like... is quite different, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. In, in... But I suppose this Warhammer thing it could teach you painting techniques. You know, it could show you um, methods, um, and you could probably, in the same way you learn from this beer game, learn yeah. to um, improve your painting. I'm sure ability, there would be tips maybe. like. Yeah. I know someone who who paints Warhammer professionally and like even just talking to him while I was in university before he did it professionally and him talking about like how you would dry brush and how you would get like Absolutely. burnt effects on armors and stuff. I was like, I would never think to do that to achieve that. So like, No, I'm no, sure I, no like... I didn't, you know, until someone told me. So <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of stuff like that that would be within that. Brewmaster, mm. though, is available on fucking everything. It's on right, Xbox fair. One, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, PS5, yep. Switch, and Steam. Oh, great thing. If, if that sounds like your kind of thing, you can yeah. play it on your platform of choice. I'm going to tell you, though, as someone who did play it on a console, if you if you have access to a PC that can run it, play it on a yeah. PC. Yeah, there you go. Like, so that, try... that's Matt Ball's top tip. It's it's just too it's just too fiddly, Tom. There's just so many little things that I imagine would be solved by you just quickly hitting an escape key or a right click on a mouse. Yeah. That just feel needlessly complicated sure on the thing, controller, sure but it's thing. fine. Cool. Have you been uh, brewing up any more gaming, Tom <laughs> Parry? Up. I've played a few things casually. Uh, I picked up Asterix Slap Them All. This was actually, I picked up a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it last time. It's a size coin and beat em up made by Mr. Nuts Studio, which we did a little bit of research on, didn't we, Matt? Uh, we did. We did talk we about it. Last... Those are the uh, made up of members of the, the team is made up of people who worked on Mr. Nuts, which is an older yes. um, platform game, which was renowned for its uh, great visuals, I think. You know? mm-hmm. And and again, uh, they continue that tradition with Asterix because this is the kind of 2D game I love to see. 
I'm all I like I appreciate pixel graphics, but when I thought of the evolution of the two D game, I'd like to see some sort of crisper characters that look like their animated comic counterparts. Yeah, and that's they really nail that in the Asterix game. You know, these cool. look like they come jump straight off the page or straight off onto the Asterix animated films. So. And the, the great animation in there, um, you could say maybe gets a little repetitive. Uh, but that is the nature of a beat em up. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some variety in the enemies. Maybe the arguably there could be more. There's quite a lot of moves at your disposal, so that that's a good thing it's got going for it. It feels smooth to play. Um, it feels like there's quite a lot there. The game split up into chapters, which seem to be sort of loosely based off different Asterix books. Yeah. I think it's very good, and I think if you can get it for a you know a nice reasonable price as I did in the sale, and you like uh, Asterix and you like beat 'em ups, and maybe you fondly remember the Konami arcade game like I yeah. do, and you sort of want that in the home, which I don't think there's ever been a home version. There has not on to console my at least. Yeah. Uh, so this this might be a good option for you. Yeah. I, I found it very enjoyable. I've heard some people sort of think, well, it's a bit limited, you know, repetitive, and okay but it could be far more repetitive yeah. and limited than it actually I, is it i, it's a I good think people i think people compare it maybe to the cowabunga collection that's just come out and i okay. don't think that's really a fair comparison no and i mean i think you have to like asterix as well i think if you just went into it as a beat-em-up fan you might find it slightly underwhelming yeah uh, but if you if you like the characters and the world i think uh, this is uh, a must-have it's very it's very well put together what it is i've been getting more out of Patman museum plus which i mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago as i discovered and unlocked unfortunately you have to unlock certain games by playing yeah. other games which might not be so good um pack motos is really good uh which is sort of like monkey fight in a way okay well you have to you're on a square platform with um, an abyss underneath and you roll around knocking things off the platform and there's various abilities and upgrades you can unlock uh, to aid you in that. Uh, as you collect more points, you can spend them on upgrades. And I can, I think, a jump or a, I can't quite remember. It's been a couple of weeks since I played it. But out of the, all the games on there, that that I thought was a standout. One of the standouts. I mean, of course, uh, that there are a few. Uh, uh, championship edition great to have that on there it is the original championship edition of pac-man as far as i can tell which yeah. uh, i think i first played as a playstation mini so it's that one yeah uh, i had so that res- on xbox live arcade yeah, yeah. The, the resolution's kind of low but it's a fantastic game uh very playable um great to dip in and out of because it's like you do a five minute match isn't it? The, the shortest time limit you've got on that is like five minutes so great to jump in and out of Pack and Roll Remix, the more you play it, the more enjoyable I think it is. There's it's quite a lot going for it. Of course, there's games in there which you probably aren't going to play as much. And I think we mentioned before, like Packing Time, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But there, there, there's a good selection in there and it's quite fun. And I actually uh, purchased the game. I was previously paying, playing it on the um, Xbox um, Game Pass. But it came uh, in a sale on... Switch. I think this was a Black Friday thing for eight, uh, nine pounds, I think. And I thought this is a good one to have portable because these are pick up and play games. I thought I'd get a lot about having, get a lot from having them as in a portable format. 
I also picked up Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, which was £12, which was, you know, quite a lot cheaper than its retail price. Yeah, but I... Um, that's great because you've got a lot of options to cater it towards your ability. I've always struggled okay. with Ghosts and Goblins games in the past because of their difficulty level, but you have, I think, four or five different, maybe four uh, difficulty levels. And I think, you know, if you put it on, say, the... Let's, let's say there's four... If you yeah. put it from the uh, third from top difficulty, Squire, perhaps it is, I can't quite remember, um, you get a lot more opportunities. You get To not uh, die pretty to, much yeah. instantly. Yeah, okay, cool. That's, <laughs> That's right. So, I was going to um, say, I was just like, why did you buy that game? You know how hard they are, but now yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, because I, I like the games. I just find them very punishing, as they're meant to be. Yeah. But um, it's got a really nice visual aesthetic with the, the cutout um you know, hand sort of painted, cut out uh, characters and such. So that that was very appealing to me. So I thought I'll, I'll pick that one up. Um, I upgraded my copy of Street Fighter Five, so I've got every character. That was again was in a sale recently. Yeah. So you got the um, Championship Edition upgrade, which you get everything apart from the last season pass, which is also on offer. So I think for about twelve pounds, you're able to upgrade your copy of Street Fighter Five, which I've never done before. I don't think. Or have I? No, I have. I have bought season passes in the past. Anyway, <laughs> you got it all there for a reasonable price. Cool. Uh, anything else? Need for Speed Hot Pursuit on Switch. Great to have uh, that game on Switch. I think I wasn't going to buy it again on a home console, but to have it portably is great. This is a remastered version of Hot Pursuit, which was released not so long ago. That was about £7, so re- really cheap. And a few more Game Boy Advance games. As I said previously, I'd... Um, Treated myself to Moto Racer Advance and V Rally Three. Okay. Um. So I've got Rayman and Rayman Three for the GBA. Yeah, good games. Um. There's another Rayman. Rayman, <laughs> Hoodlum's Revenge. Just Hoodlum's Revenge. Yes, like there is a three Rayman games. I think on the console. Yeah. Uh, but I've got those two that I mentioned. I, Virtu- I might. I might have a copy of Hoodlum's Revenge. Okay. I can throw you before you go buy one. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm quite happy with those two that I've got uh, per, um, at the moment. Uh, Virtua Tennis as well. I can't remember if I mentioned that or not. But uh, No, you didn't. We were talking no. about Motor Racer, I think. Virtua maybe. Tennis is uh, is good. I mean, of course, it's better on the PSP. I'm but, sure. <laughs> uh, the Game Boy Advance version is no slouch. You know, it feels like Virtua Tennis, you know, with obviously severely downgraded visuals. But yeah. It wasn't developed in-house by Sega. It was outsourced to someone, which I can't remember. But I think they did a good job. I mean, it was it was co-developed. I think it was done in yeah. collaboration with Hitmaker. I think you were responsible for virtual tennis. So that was good. I've heard Pokemon's been patched as well. Um, yeah, I I've thought I mentioned that. So I think that's a, playing a bit better than it was on release, which is good to hear. Yeah, I hear <laughs> and it, it seems very much like Nintendo downplayed it somewhat, but the fact that you've got a a reasonable patch within a week is something that we should at least be relatively happy with. Should have been there from the beginning. Yeah, but they, I hear, they addressed I hear it. I hear they give quick. people Charizard raid as a make do as well. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've not, I haven't played the game, so I can't comment on how those glitches would have affected my enjoyment of the game. I mean. I do. I do know friends case, who yeah. stopped playing the game 
in order for them mm. to patch it first because mm. they just weren't enjoying playing it. In the well, as soon as I heard so. about the issues, I said, I'm not going to rush out and buy this game. And perhaps yeah. why we didn't get a demo version. I mean, we've had demo versions of Pokemon games in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, not this time. And it's evident uh, why that was the case now. I, I was actually quite interested when I was looking at the PlayStation Store yesterday. There's a lot of demos on there at the moment. Mm. Yeah, like... the JoJo's All-Star Battle's got a demo. Klonoa's got a demo. Like, Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of demos for a lot of games. I guess people perhaps aren't with, you know, potentially uncertain economic times next year from Mm. the looks of things, splashing out 30, 40 quid on casual games. I love the idea of a demo. I mean, Cyberpunk's demo sold me the game, basically. Cyberpunk's elongated uh, so many hour demo. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's really ironic, isn't it? Like, the demo was actually the thing that got me to install my paid copy of Cyberpunk, but it is what it is. (laughs) Well, that was the timing of it. That was when it had its upgrade. And and when it became, I think, the game it was was meant to be on launch, sad it took so long for that to happen. (laughs) It is, but that's how it goes. Um, Um, I dip in out Cyberpunk still. Um, I really want to start it, but it's one of those games that I'm like, okay, I just want to sit down and play this for a couple of days. Perhaps I'll get a chance over Christmas. Let's see. One thing that I meant to mention ages ago was a game called Alpine Racer 3 on the PS2. Right. Uh, Namco, basically, if you ever wanted snowboarding with a sort of Ridge Racer aesthetic, um, Alpine Racer is one not to be overlooked. I mean, it's got that Namco uh, style. You, you. I think you did mention this though. You I only bought I? it because Klonoa's in it, right? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I did mention it. Anyway, I played it a bit more. It's, uh, it's certainly shows its arcade roots. This is the first of the series to be released on a console. The previous two installments were uh, just arcade, arcade games. Yeah. Um, you don't only do snowboarding; you also do skiing as well and such. I think I played one of them in an arcade. Yeah, it, it plays well. I mean, if you like an ar- arcade-style games, as I do. Um, I usually always enjoy a Namco game. It's yeah. uh, it's got a certain degree of quality, and I've overlooked this game in the past so many times. Um, but I should have known with a bit Namco uh, seal of approval on there. How uh, does it compare to say a downhill slalom? Well, there's lots of slalom in it. Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying? Like a, a the, game called Downhill Slalom? Yeah, the Phoenix one that I forced. Oh, to play right. Clearly a race from memory. <laughs> Someone's put some love and care into Alpine Racer Three. <laughs> There's okay. a difference. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah, it, it's quite quite difficult because the way to unlock Klonoa is to do the slalom um, perfectly. Uh, and okay. I'll tell you, I was doing this. You do any of the slalom maps? I I settled on the first slalom map, and I was determined to do it. I must have been on there an hour straight doing the same slalom yeah. over and over Did you do again. It? No, in the end, I really had to admit defeat. Uh, on this one, I I can go back to it, but some of those have you not have you not been to like cheatscc.com oh, if that's yeah. still a thing and seen okay, if there's yeah, a I could, I could for cheat. All the I could cheat. You're right. Um, anyway, there you go. That's a very quick uh, rundown of what I've been playing and picking up uh, just lately. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. well let's leave it there then, Tom Barry, because I have no more games of note that I've bought in the last couple. Are weeks. you excited about the game awards? Isn't that coming up soon? It is. Um, Are you excited? I can't say I'm excited. I mean, so I'm, I'm always uh, up for new games being announced, but it, yeah, it's that's more... why people watch them, not for the awards, isn't it? It's for yeah, the exactly. It's more in the realms of like, okay, are there going to be in, any interesting indie games? I was looking actually at some games that were recently announced on some PlayStation thing, and I saw a game I think that's called Seasons, which is like a bike game. 
that looked really cool. So like I'm I'm up for seeing more. Well, if they bike like, like motorcycle, or no, like a bicycle. bicycle. Um, oh. The game, yeah, the game is called Season. It was a Game Awards uh, uh, trailer last year, apparently. So I'm I'm hoping right. to see more of that this year. I just saw it on the PlayStation Store at the bottom of their like coming soon, and I was like, oh, there's no announcement for this yet. It was announced a year ago. Hopefully, there'll be like February, or maybe it'll be one of these. Hey, it's available now, games. Looks really cool. So let's see what comes out of it. Tunic originally, I think, came out of a Game Awards. This uh, came yeah, out of Game Awards. Tunic is up for uh, an award. It should. It's fucking yeah. excellent. I yeah. really it's love that a, game. It's in a, a category. I, I should go vote at the one. Game Awards, Tom. That's, that's you go go really. give it give it a, a vote, and you can also vote for your favourite uh, esports coach while you're there as well. Oh, great, cool. I'll be sure to do that. I've got many. <laughs> it's going to take me an hour to deliberate that. Okay, cool. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on tomamattack.com, podcast, brassprocess.com. We're also available in iTunes, Twitter, and Spotify. While you're there, give us cheeky read and subscribe, and on the social medias at facebook.com, tomamattack, at Twitter, at Game Boyle for me, at Tom Parry Eleven for him, and at TMA Cast for as long as Twitter's available. Um, Tom, always a pleasure, mate. I'm gonna Yeah, absolutely. Yes, very enjoyable, Matthew. Love you and leave you so I can go craft some more quality homebrew and then maybe try and log into Fortnite. But you'll never be able to drink it, Matthew. No, I won't, and that's the thing, mate. Anyways, <laughs> perhaps that's for the best. Alright. <laughs> okay, until next time everybody, be sure as always to game on. Game on. Game on.